0: Good evening, our base site tonight. She is sponsored by the Sepulutz family. Leiling nishmas Bella Basurichaim, whose your site is next week. The schos of our learning should be a schos of nishmasa tehen nishmasa tzeru b'sherachaim. The schos of our learning should also be a schos r'fushleyma from here. Bella Bas and Chum b'seif sharachile So, Bez Hashem, this week we're going to be finishing Seif Ishmael Aleph. Which, although we've mentioned in the past, is really one big safer. Actually, the split date seems to date even before the Christians. It dates to the Septuagint, to the Targum Shivim. Unclear why it was split up there, if that's where it was split up. But I'll call upon him, We know the M is one safer, but we will be Bez Hashem finishing safer Shemuel tonight. So we left off very dramatic moment, the David after. His narrow escape from being stuck going to war against Kalisrael gets chased away from the battlefield by the Sinai Pleshtim. You can imagine the relief they're all feeling they're not going to be stuck in this awkward position. David heads back home to Tziklag. They come to Tziklag and they discover that the Amalekim, who David had been attacking Kasaidir, took advantage of the absence of not only David but all the Pleshti armies. And they'd gone on a major raiding campaign. Siklug was only one of the cities they had raided, and they had destroyed the entire city. Nothing left. They took all of their possessions their wives, their children, everything's gone. They come, you can imagine the, the, the scene. David returning with all of his men. These are people who are on the run. They have the one thing they have in life they have their wife, their children. They come back, everything's gone they assume the worst about their wives and kids. They're so angry, they're ready to kill David. And David, we saw last week, does what David always does in these situations. David gets chizik in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gets kesher to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now David swings into action. David tells HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so if we remember, we had the story of Shaul killing out Nevi'ir Akayanim, and the one surviving member of the entire Kahan of Nevi'ir was Aviyasser Eviyasser, who was the son of Achimelech the Koygadol, and he had taken with him the ephod And he said, "He gishin aliy So he quickly brought the ephod to David. Vayiga vayageish Eviyasser the Eifid al brings the ephod to David. Vayishol David v'Hashem lemor. David, as always, will see much more when David becomes the king. David does not make a move without consulting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, obviously, the obvious move would be chase after the Amalekim, see if there's anyone left alive, any of their possessions. But David doesn't do that. David first asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if should I run after this troop of soldiers? HaAsigenu, will I be successful in catching them. Dayemil and Akolishborohu answers, although David had asked in a manner that would seem incorrect. David asked two questions at once. He's supposed to ask Rishan while Shani, but it was an emergency situation, so there's a heter and Akalachum Miravhi Bosli for David, answers him, even in this unusual manner. And Akoleshbar tells him chase after them, hasig tasig the Hatzel Tatzel. Kavosh Baruch Hu not only answers him, but gives him an assurance beyond what David had asked. He tells him, chase, you'll catch up to them, and you'll be successful. It we do find, should I chase after them? And we we'll will I, will I, will I catch up? If I'm not going to be successful, I'm not going to chase after them. <clears throat> so that, that would seem obvious to you, but if you go through Sefer and you'll see that when Kaisal went to Muhammad against give up, they just asked, should we go to war? And Kavosh Baruch said, go. And they didn't win, because they didn't ask, are we going to win the war? But over here, Kol Baruch Hu gave David the full answer: Chase, you'll catch them, and you'll be successful. <laughs> even, even, even then, though, if they asked Hashem to go, <clears throat> it's Hashem to go. You did the right, know, thing to if, do. It's right thing regardless. You're right. The now, had they asked correctly, maybe they would have gotten a different answer. Even, that, even if they got the answer that you're, that you're not going to be <coughs> successful, you should still go. Yeah, Hashem says go, you have to go. Like we we, we, oh, we oh, know oh, that oh. Shaul was told by Ikelech Baruch who he's going to fall in battle, and he goes. So is this either way, either question that got answered, should have gone? Well, Ikelech Ikelech the Baruch Cheshbaruk to told do. him, he go, you go. But Lamaisa, <coughs> <to win? coughs> what? He didn't. Hmm? He didn't ask if he's going to win. Does he go? just asked if he's going to catch them. Right? They catch up to them. Maybe he'll catch up to them and he'll die in battle. And we'll see that this force of Amalekim that he was chasing after was much, much larger than David's force, as we'll see by HaShem. David has 600 men with him and they begin the chase. They get to Nachal Basar, and There's people who are amongst David, they get to Nachal Basar, and they were too exhausted and too tired, and they could not continue the chase. And they said, that's it, we we simply physically cannot go on. So now David is left to 400 men. And the 200 people who had become exhausted, tired out who no longer had the Kayach to go, so they stayed on the other side of Nachla Bessar. Now, it's interesting. Uh, Kepshutai, the 600 men minus the 200 is left with the 400. But if you read the Psukim, it doesn't really sound that way, because it says there are 600 people, the Neisarim stayed, then there's 400 people, and after that it tells us that 200 people left. So it sounds maybe like another 200, which maybe is the the way the mountain seems maybe to learn, but the Paschus, most of the sand understand, is the Paschus just going back into explaining that you had, who are these nezorim? so you have the 400 men that are still chasing, 200 men stayed behind to be Shamer the Kalim, and David is now chasing after this Amaleki forest, which you'll see is quite large, with only 400 men. Now, just before we go back the very over here says, Asher pigru is esmech Pirush, Miss Atslu, Me averus Nahla, so they were too lazy. She came be Eretz, Lunger Bardia, Kirin, La Otso, Piger. Call a lazy person a pager. Oh my God. It's <coughs> so a macar for the. What what I episode is a pager? Okay. So. What? Pagers not dead yeah, bodies? Yes, yeah, you say some <coughs> pagers, you talk about them dying, that's a different different nussuch. They that that's hacket of shot. So, David and his 400 men are chasing after this gedud. I guess they must have been following the tracks or something like that. Maybe there was a Derech of some sort that they knew where to go. And uh, what do they come up to? They find that there is an Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian, wandering in the fields. He's three-quarters dead. And they shlop him over to David. And they see that this person is literally on the verge of starvation, the verge of death. So they gave him some bread. And he ate. And they gave him water to drink. Not only gave him bread and water, they gave him a piece of dried figs, and two clusters of grapes. And he ate the sweet items. We know that someone who is in the verge of starvation, you give him someone that has bulmas, that he has this Starvation, extreme low blood sugar. You give him the sweet things. and his uh, spirit. He was revived. Why was he so weak? For three days and three nights, he had not eaten. He was being he had been left abandoned on the field on the on the wandering in the fields, and he was on the verge of starvation. Now the robag his list of ta'elesins. He has three different ta'elesins out of this story. One of the ta'elesins he has of this story, he says, is, is the Indian of Shlach, Lach, Mechal, You know, David over here, he feeds this starving Egyptian. He doesn't know anything yet if this Egyptian is going to help him. But he sees as a person who's about to die, and they feed him. And we'll see that this Egyptian ends up being the key to David finding his, being reunited with his family and all of his possessions. So, a person you see a person in a, def, in a difficult situation. A person's desperate. You help him. You never know how it will help you. And we can tie it into Pesach, the longest yeah. Pesach. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> David feeds him, and now the Emile David Lumiata. David asks him, "Where are you coming from?" The we, Emile we, so He says, "Who do you belong to? Where are you coming from? You, you're foreign. You're Egyptian. What's an Egyptian doing over here in the middle of uh, in the middle of Eretz Yisrael?" That's polished him, but I'll call upon him really, it's part of Yehuda. So, another, right, we have another pace of connection. We have, uh, instead of the Yidin and Mitzrayim, we have the Mitzrayim. Okay. Mitzrayim ending up by David. nar says, I'm an Egyptian boy. Eved amaleki. I am a slave to a amaleki. ki Hayem My master, the cruelty of an amaleki. He saw that this fellow is sick, instead of, you know, hiring a doctor. Instead he just leaves them to die with no food, no water. And he was abandoned. And he tells them, You should know what we were busy doing is Anachnu Poshatnu Neged Negev Ha to the south of the Krasi, refers to the palishtim, Thashelah Yehuda. We attacked the parts of Yehuda, Thal Negev and we went to the Negev of the areas of Kolav, Siklov, Sirafnu Bash, and we destroyed the city of Siklog. Basically, they're opportunists. They saw that both Claudius and the Plishtim were about to engage in an epic battle, which meant that uh, all the towns were unprotect, unprotected, and as usual, during a war, that's a perfect opportunity for all those that want to go looting. And they went looting. Vayimrei of David. So David tells them, Will you take me and show me where this uh, band of marauding Amalekim is? So the fellow says, okay, on one condition. He's not quite sure right now. He doesn't know who Domit is. He sees he's another armed fellow with a group of armed men. He may be part of the Amaleki crew. He may be part of the people who does not like the Amalekim. So he wants to be safe. So he says, First of all, you have to make sure not to kill me. Maybe you're people who, you know, from Tziklag or so on, and you're, you're looking for revenge. So make sure you're not going to kill me. And if you're friendly with Amalekim, him to scareni be If you'll hand me back to my master, I don't want to go back to him. He's a pretty rotten fellow. And if you'll make a sure not to either kill me or hand me back to my master, vayridchel gadudazel. I'll hand you over to this uh to this group of soldiers. Rabag, another tale, as he says over here, is you see that uh, you shouldn't trust foreigners. He so says, you know, this fellow is a mitzuri, and uh, he's very happy to hand over all the uh, Amalekim to David. You know, had he been an Amaleki kid, so even, even if he was in a bad state, he probably wouldn't want to hand over his entire nation to strangers, but you have. Why do you say Which the Kim? So you want to know if referring to HaKadosh Baruch who's referring to something else, David, maybe he recognized David as a Yid, so he told him to make a shoe in his... We want someone to make... And, and just forget about Yiddish guy for a second, but if a person Some wants... A if you to want to make a shoe, then you want the person to make a shoe in something they value. They value. So you saw David, whatever David considers all the kids, it could be meant it generically, whatever God or whatever deity you serve, make a shoe in that deity. It could be he meant HaKadosh yeah. Baruch He's making... This kid is making demands of David to speak <laughs> So what, yeah, because David kind of needs it. What condition is he in to make demands? There's an army around them. And, and I'm, also, I'm not going to show you. What's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to kill him. Yeah, him, him decide to decide kill Decide if you going to kill. Always asking them is make sure or not to kill him or hand him over to three something three like, to you know? oh, like no. he will kill him. Don't no. no. kill me. What kind of state is he in? Well, what's what's the other option? He, to lose? he has nothing to lose. If they're going to hand him over, kill. Always asking to say, don't kill me. If you don't kill me, I hand you over. Not so kill me anyway. They day who I got one other tale that the, the, the Rabbag says. As you see, you mistreat people just like you treat people well. You treat people well, it comes back to help you. You treat people badly. He like? thought, eh, this stupid slave, what do I need to have? Eh, I should pay money to doctors, food, slap him along, he's sick. Let's just abandon him. You treat people badly, you never know that's going to come back to harm you. A lot worse than you could ever imagine. So very so this, I'm a, this this mit ish mitzri, this mitnar Nar knew how to get to where they were. the they are spread out over the face of the entire area they were shikering they were fressing, they were celebrating, I guess the of all of the booty. they had a tremendous, it wasn't just David's booty. they had booty from the entire area, they had mamish gone to all these towns, that are empty of armed men, they're all uh, out at the battlefield, and they had Mamish they had a field day, and they, had, they were having a huge party. Now, there's a tremendous nice over here, is that, Apiderech uh, there's one more thing they should have been doing is they should have been mehanes all the women and it was a tremendous nace when Hashemayim that they didn't touch, they didn't harm, they didn't hurt. Not just the derechateved Amalekim would have tortured them and done all sorts of terrible things. And I call Hashemayim caused that they didn't mamish didn't touch anybody. Vayakim David haerev. David attacked them, hit them from the neshef until the erev lemachrosa. So you have to know, what does it mean, ha-neshef. so there's a Gemara about this. The Gemara discusses what neshef is. The Gemara in the beginning of Brachas. The Gemara is discussing what, what neshef, is, what Arvus is, ar- ar- if it's night or if it's day. And really, the Gemara comes out. Most Rishadim understand from the evening until the next evening. <clears throat> Others say that he waited the whole night until the morning, mm-hmm. and then right before the morning rose, he started attacking them, and he attacked them the entire morning. And it was Lemachrosim, it was till the next day. Very interesting, the Passoc went out of its way to be Madgish, that the battle took place Lemachros, because we find that when it comes to destroying Amalek, and this is a Amalek, this is one of the places where Amalek is wiped out, we find that there's constantly this union of Macher, right? We know that, say, Hilochim B'Amalek Macher, that, uh, that Moshe Beino told Yeshua, "You're going to go out. He and you're going to go out and fight against Amalek. Amalek is always the Indian of uh, right Megillah, all the of mocher as opposed to the maher. And this is the inyan. Amalek has a special inyan to be destroyed. I the of mocher. Mocher, he that." What? He told them that That's, yeah, it's part of the shigal but it's not, not, not the word <laughs> and no survivors from this entire an, uh, army except for 400 men. Who are these 400 men? There are 400 men who were youth and they were able to ride on the fast get camels. They jumped on the camels and they ran away. So I told you before that it was a very large army. I don't know the numbers. It doesn't tell us the numbers. But if 400 people is the only ones who escaped, you know, if if it was a 1,000 men and 400 escaped, you wouldn't say, they're all destroyed except for mean Half of them were killed, right? If it was, you know, 600 men and Two-thirds of them escaped. For sure, you wouldn't say that. So it must have been that if 400 was considered... Ction. No one, no survivors except for 400, you're probably talking about several thousand men. It was a large group, and this is Mamish and We discussed this the other week, that obviously with show that story, there were still many Amalekim left, but the national center of Amalek would have been destroyed, and they would have ceased to exist as a nation. So... Right, the Rashi brings this in. <laughs> so that's why it says over here again. <laughs> now, why is it that four hundred bedavka, four hundred on the lake, and pump the zird to escape? Sozakht Chazal that it was a a payment for, for what? That. We know that a long time ago, Esav came along with how many men? <coughs> Esav is coming with 400 men. Right? We all know Esav is coming with 400 men. And when it says, by the end of the story, when it says, the Esav, doesn't say anything about the 400 men. We're the 400 men. So the 400 men, they slunk away because they, they, were all, they all left because they didn't want to start up with the of avinu. So a that went to the Mishbach of Esav that these 400 men decided to escape and slink away, instead of actually facing Yaakov Avinu, is that over here, 400 Amalekim were survived. Everything Amalekim had taken, everything was still intact. David was matzal his two wives. There was no one missing, which again is a pillar, because... Even if the, the first nation, the Malachim, didn't molest them or attack them before David came. But even if they hadn't, you'd think in this day-long battle, sometime in the course of the battle, some one of David's family, his, 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 all of his men, some of the kids, ladies, someone would have gotten killed. Mamish, not a single person missing, not a single one of David's warriors, <clears throat> everything back. Open every single thing was intact the way it had been. All the cattle that belonged to the Amalekim from before they taken from the So all of this was. Entitled, who got this? So everyone got back their own belongings, but the things that were captured in battle, so this belongs to David. It's his, his army, it's Shlal Muhammad. There's Allah, things that are captured in battle belong to the army, to the general. And David says, This, this is all the Shlal David. Not, there's no Din Mechia Samalik? Ah, oh, so we sure. hear, there's no Din. Even by other Mechia Samalik, we don't necessarily find the Indian after you machram all of their Rukhush. that was Dafka, you know, that was the tzivay of Shmuel Tishol. I don't know if always that's the case. I <laughs> well, didn't take, you don't know if that was right, it's because and, uh, I'm say, the gave the to them. Right. <coughs> why they didn't take it, they want to show that it wasn't about money, and uh, there's other reasons why they didn't take it. Now, David returns to the 200 men who are sitting on the cale, and they're waiting to see... They've been sitting in Akhabasar, but Yats David, they came out to greet David, Velikrasha and the men who are with him. David comes over to them, benches them to Shalom. Now, we see an unbelievable thing in human nature that unfortunately occurs all too often over here. So we have a situation we just saw an open miracle, right? Maybe not an open miracle, technically you could ascribe it to natural forces, but David goes to battle against this lot, tremendous Amaleki force, not a single one of David's soldiers is killed, all their wives and children are intact, all their Rukhosh is intact, everything's intact. So, you'd think that these people would be molly, they would feel a sense of but right away, what happens is the people start saying, oh, wow, look at me, I'm, I'm a good warrior, you know. Look what I achieved. And Mameila, they suddenly feel jealous. You know, I, I worked hard for all this, all this money. I should give it away to the as well to the two hundred who stayed behind. And you see, all the time, people, you know, they they, they beg and plead back at for money, and Kol Hachochma suddenly grants them success in a way that doesn't even make sense. And all of a sudden, it becomes like, it's my money, I should give it away to this, I should give it to that. Stop harassing me so much, you have to let me enjoy my peace and quiet. So they the Navi is very harsh with these people. He calls them, they did not the they don't deserve any portion of they don't deserve any portion of the booty, they shouldn't even get back their own belongings. They should get their wives, their children, and that's it. Be happy that we got you back your mishpach. You didn't come to war. You deserve nothing. And David gives them Musa, but he gives them Musa with the Chochmah David HaMalach. And David says, He speaks to them, You're my brothers. We didn't do anything for this. The gave it to us. And Yeshua, the protected us in battle. And he said, And he so David says well, first of all he treats him nicely my brothers let's think about what really happened over here this is all my God who gave us all of this my God protected us no one died everyone's family's intact who's going to want to hear you to start being petty and to start acting with uh, selfish nature we're going to this is Everyone splits evenly. Well, they didn't do any work. Why should they get? <coughs> oh, so you're the Raabliel. Okay. No I'm, I'm asking, with Mendi. Askov, it's me. it's not it's not, it's it's not the, same it's the same thing. So so he David Tzeng, drive, this is an right. in a shemayim. So you're right. These people mm-hmm. had the job to be shemalakelim. They, you had you, you, you had the job to chase. At the end of the day, he came in a shemayim. So 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 we're gonna split it evenly. They did they did a job. And not only that, <laughs> David have put, made this a chayik from that day forward in the army of Kal Yisrael, that, that we split evenly the people who are Yishim al you need the rear guard, you have the, the, the logistics officers, and everyone's involved in, 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 in the rear part of the battle, they split evenly in the Shlal al with those that are at the forefront of the battle. So that's the argument. The argument is that they were part of it, also. Yeah, to an extent, but over here, that that doesn't sound so much that was the case. They just got exhausted; and they couldn't go by. Yeah. it. They weren't really providing too much logistic help or anything. Yeah, they were shaming sure with Caleb. So I'm gonna to do that. So yeah, okay. It sounds like they stopped; uh, they could have all gone and taken with them. That they push and stop because they're exhausted. Vayoyvi David al Tsiklog. David returns <clears> to <throat> Tsiklog. It's a very jubilant, uh, rejoicing. He just. Re- Got everything back, and not only that, he came back with much, much more than he had. And David is now very, very generous with the Va Vayishlochem yasholol Zikna Yehuda. He sends to the elders of Yehuda, lerei Ayu Leimar, to those that have been friends with him. He nelechem bracha mishlal ovei Hashem. sending you a bracha. sending you a gift from the sholol of the enemies of Akalish Baruchu. Lashem beisel, lashem Rames Negev, lashem Biyater. He sent to those that are in Basel, Ramas Negev, Yatir, Vlasher Baroyer, Vlasher Shifmois, Vlasher Ashtemoya, Vlasher Barochel, Vlasher Boreher Achmieli, Vlasher Boreakani, Vlasher Bechor Bechorma, Vlasher Bechor Osham, Vlasher Beosach, Vlasher Bechevroin. And what do these things all have in common? All the places that David had gone, they had helped David out. You know, David had HaKar HaSatoi, just like Avraham Avinu. He went, there's a tkufu, and David HaMelech was, you know, 400 men. He needs a lot of food to feed Shiva 400 people. And he's going around from place to place, and these people are generous with him. And now David is a position, he suddenly had this tremendous wealth, and David was able to return the favor, and he sent gifts to all those people. And now, the Navi contrast, it's a very interesting contrast. I noticed the, the Dasey from points this out. David just had a tremendous, miraculous victory in battle. <clears throat> David probably expected that had one as well. But we're going to contrast at the very same moment. It's something that you see sometimes in history. The from someone who saw the, the Shneis HaMuhamah in, in World War II. But it, you have at the very same moment, you have one Chalik of Klai Yisrael is having... They're rejoicing. They have tremendous booty. they sending. He's sending out gifts at the very same time. What's going on with the rest of Kali Who pushed in the The Pushim are fighting Kali and it's a terrible tragedy. They knew so Anche Yisrael, but they pushed him. Vayiplu chalolim tremendous death toll in haragul boya. The the Yidbaku Plishtim is Shool and the Plishtim in particular wanted to kill the king, obviously he killed the king that, that, that knocks out the enemy. The Yaku Plishtim is as Vesavinodov, Vesma Kishua bin E the Plishtim had already been successful in killing out Sol's three sons. Shool is now alone with his arms bare and it's pretty much the end. al and they're getting closer and closer. Now, even at this last moment of his life, the Polishi warriors were afraid to approach Shoal at close combat. Shoal was dangerous, but they now start shooting arrows at him. And was, was petrified from the arrows that they would they, they would wound him, they would capture him. And you know he he wasn't afraid. He knew he was going to die. He wasn't afraid to die in battle, but to be wounded, and captured, and tortured. The Yemr Shol, Lameis Kalos, the Shol sees this is a terrible situation, and he's worried about two things. First of all, obviously, on a physical, personal level, he's worried about being tortured. We saw what the politicians did, not that many years before, Tashimshin blinded him and made a mockery of him in front of you know, made a huge party to embarrass him, berab him. But much more what they did personally to Shimshin, I and mean, what they would do to Shol, which is even worse, he's the first king of the Jews, look what we did to their first king, but the tremendous chil Hashem, if they'd be able to to parade Shaul in a way, in, in a way of b'shita k'olish varchu. So Shaul decides, and and many of the farshim appreciate that this was he was right. Take off your sword, v'dakreini and run me through, kill me, pen And Shaul expresses how he sees the position ha'areilam mavuzim. That nashim should go and they should make a chuchah make a b'zoy of the Mashiach Hashem. They're going to be vazami, but Lama his arms bear, says, I can't do it. He was afraid to send, to touch the Mashiach Hashem. How could you touch Melch Yisrael? So Shol makes his decision in this situation, and Chazal discussed this, and it's discussed at length. First of all, he had a nevua that he's going to die, and he saw the death coming, and there's a chesh in Hashem, and tremendous physical pain because of all these things, Shol takes the sword, and alone, Shol commits suicide. Vayar Shol, the Nice Kalim, who was himself Khashiv, saw that Shol had died, and he figures that he, he the same is true for him, gam hu Al Khaba the Yomashow, Lush'Bonov, and Isa Caleb and his three sons die, long to Nasakalim, Gamko, Anash, Yahtav, and all the men who were with him and his personal troop all died. Vayaru Yaru and Vayu Anshe Israel, Asher beever Aver Haimek, Vasher Ba Eva Yard, Anshe So Khalisrol, who was on the other side of the valley, on the other side of the Yadin, they saw the Khalisal ran, the shol Show of Bonov, Yazu asorim, so they abandoned their cities, you know who knows what the we are going to do as in their you know in their victorious celebration. I moved in and took over these cities. It's late. Should we stop here? Should we? we're not as almost there as I thought. What? Huh? It's only five more of Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're one page too many. Okay. So we're gonna we're going we're gonna make it to the end. So uh mi <laughs> apparently, despite the fact that they were searching down for and you know, trying to kill Shaul, but they didn't quite realize what had happened. So the next day, when they're coming to Lefashei Tessachalolam, they're going to, you know, take all the valuables off of the dead bodies. And they discover they had actually killed the Jewish king along with his three sons. So obviously, Shaul was correct, because we see what they did. Even they found the body of Shaul, they cut off Shaul's head. They have as Caleb, they took off all of his armor. They Shahuberitz Plisht himself of Lavasar Beitzade and Som. They sent it around throughout the entire country to show everyone the head of the Jewish king, the Jewish king's armor. They seem Caleb based Ashtaris, and they put his Caleb, his armor in base Ashtaris, Beskviyose in his body, Toku Bukhaimas Basha'am, they hung it off the walls of Basha'un, one of the big Plishti cities. Now, Yavesh Gilad, if you remember all the way back in the beginning of the story of Shaul, was the city that had been at risk from Nachash. He told them they have to poke out the right eye if they don't want to be killed by Nachash. And Shaul came with tremendous Gevura to save them. And they had such hakar sataiv. And they heard now that Shaul himself is sitting babushah Gedailah. His body is hung off the wall of So, what do they do? Commando mission to rescue the body of Shol. they They heard what the had done to They went the entire night, and the plishim probably were expecting nothing. They just defeated the Jews, who expects anything. So they come in the middle of the night. And they cut down the bodies from the wall. They came to Sham. They burnt them there. It's unclear if it means that they burnt the kalim of the king. There's an in Indian you find they burnt the clay Hamelach to show the coverage. If no one else touches the uses the clay Hamelach, or if it meant some understand they burnt the bodies because they were so decomposed and they burnt them and just buried the bones. They took the bones. Ve'yikviru tachas e'eshal b'yoveisha Ve'itzumu she'vushyam, then they fasted for seven days for the any in the covenant of She'ol, and a Kapor for HaKal So we finish off Sefer Shmuel Aleph on a low note with the death of <coughs> Shalom HaMelech, but in one way it really isn't a low note, it's a high note. Why? Because, as we saw two weeks ago, the Nevu of Shmuel was that Al-Yeddei Shol, coming to battle, and Purposely giving up his life, knowing that he's going to be giving up his life. And he was, so he was to be, like it says in to Nevuah, be, to be together with Shmuel and Ganeiden. Who could imagine being with Shmuel Hanavi, and Ganedin, the highest levels of Ganedin? And why was he to that? So he was to that because he really did a Chuvash Amishko. The mistakes of Shmuel had the mistakes in Malucha. The reason, Chazal say, the Dovra was. His he got away with his chatham and Shaul didn't is because David's Khatam were personal Khatam. Shaul's mistakes are mistakes that were national mistakes. His mistake of not killing out a molek, his mistake of Nevi HaKeyan, these are mistakes that were on a national level. And his true as mishka was to be nice and nefesh in a way to give up his entire everything. He, he knew what he was facing and to face Total Messias Nefesh, Lamain Khalisol. Had he not gone to battle, had he run away to save his own life, he would have, uh, you know, he could have had a peaceful end of his life. Instead, he chose that Khalisol shouldn't go to battle without a leader to be Messias Nefesh, and obviously many more Yidn would have died had he not done that. And with this Messias Nefesh, he got a complete kapara, and he remains Shal B'chir Hashem, the Shal that we were first introduced to, the tremendous tzaddik, and everything that we saw in the last Yiprakim, which doesn't seem to. Reflects so well on Shoal, we have to realize that Shoal was an Adam Godel Admoid, he's the Bechir Hashem, the Mashiach Hashem, and his end is that he returns his Madrega, his Chuvash was Naskabel, and he's Eden together with Shmuel Anovi.